You're now listening to the Washington football team declassified podcast with my dad. You're going to love it. Washington football team declassified family. I got a special guest in the building. This is my bro. He does the Redskins Addicts podcast with me. Um, You can check that out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Look for Redskins Addicts, man. It's not the PG podcast that this is, man. (laughs) But what's up, Steve? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Special guest, you know. It's a Wednesday night. We got to get it right, you know. That's right. That's right. Um, So, look, big news today. Heineke signed a two-year deal. The whole social media world was abuzz with, we got our starter. <laughs> uh, what do you make of that deal right now and, and kind of where that place is Heineke in the quarterback rotation for next year? I mean, at first it was a little alarming that, that they gave eight something million dollars to a dude who played five quarters, but then they said it was loaded with incentives and then I did some research about what incentives might mean. And then I looked at the, uh, the base salaries based on the uh, CBA and it's not as alarming once you dig into the numbers that might come out, like he he's offered, he'll make 750 this year base as a minimum. And then next year he'll have three credited seasons. So 825, so I'm sorry, 675 to start as a minimum this year. And it jumps to 750 next year as a base. So if it's incentive laden, a lot of times they dangle that carrot in front of the player and they don't ever achieve those incentives. So look at Mariota. He's, he signed a 72 year, $17 million. It's maxes out at 47. He's not getting any of those incentives. So if he's going to get, $2 million to be our backup for two years. I don't, I don't see any harm in it. Let's just, let's just stop with the, this might be our savior talk. Cause that's not what he is. Answer this question for me, Steve. If, Ty, if Taylor Heineke is starting week one in 2021, you will feel what? I will feel disappointed because I feel like we're moving in the right direction. All the personnel decisions made thus far have been for the most part, very good. And I think I would just be disappointed because I, I feel that there's better options out there, no matter what you say or how you feel about people, there's better options that we could get. Yeah. And and to me, Heineke's in that Alex Smith category where it was an amazing story, but that's probably where it needs to stay going into 2021. You want to, we have a window and I think everybody who's watched this football team this year has seen it. This defense can be elite. If you watch that Super Bowl with Tampa, and you ask yourself, you know, what are we missing to be that defense? We need some linebackers. But if we get that problem solved, this defense can be right up there with where they were. And if they are, you need a guy that can come in and close the deal at quarterback. You saw that with Brady when the Super Bowl. We have a window for the first time in 20 years. We have a window where it feels like we might be relevant deep into the playoffs. I don't think you want to chance that on a guy who's played well in five quarters, but historically has not been all that much in the NFL, you know? Yeah, for sure. And why would, why would Ron want to waste a year of that defense with an experiment? You don't know if Heineke's going to work out. You know, he, he can't stay healthy in his two, his two starts, two injuries. You, you just too many question marks. You don't know. And you and I both know this, bro, that this team needs a franchise quarterback. And then you need a guy mm-hmm. as a backup. We, we, as fans, and I've been guilty of it in the past. We love, we love the guy sitting on the bench. So at the first sign, you know, quarterback competitions don't produce franchise quarterbacks. That's my personal opinion. You have, you have a franchise quarterback and then you have a reliable backup. And that's where I want to be. I don't know if we got, if we're there yet. Yeah. It's that old adage. If you have two, you have none. You know what I'm saying? And um, 
you know, tell me if I'm overreacting here. My big issue with Heineke being on the roster, and it's not his fault. It's just the hysteria that this fan base tends to whip itself into. And so we bring a guy in that's not a top tier guy. Let's say we get a Mariota, a Brissette, you know, somebody amongst that range. They have a bad game. You know what's going to happen with this fan base. Put Heineke in. Put Heineke in. Now, I will say that starter should not be a, should be good enough to not put himself in that position. But I know this fan base, and that concerns me. Am I overreacting there? No, you're spot on. I think we need to get a franchise quarterback for our own mental health and our own well-being, <laughs> just just so that doesn't happen. It you could have we we've seen it for so long, going back to Sonny and Billy, you know, Jay and Doug, Robert Kirk, Beck and Rex. I mean, it, it just it doesn't stop. We're so jaded that the least little sliver of quarterback play, we just tend to cling to that person, whether they're good or not. And it's, it's kind of troubling, uh, but you know, we've been, we've been punished for years out of fan base. Which is, <laughs> it's hard to get over that, man. I tell you. It is. Um, so it's February, man, believe it or not. And free agency is next month. And I think by and large, a lot of people expect us to be really active. Every other day you hear a report about, oh, the Skins are looking at Allen Robinson or the Skins looking at Kelly, Kenny Galladay, you know, whomever else. Um, what are your top three we got to walk out of free agency um, with these positions in our shopping bag? Well, one is wide receiver, just like you said. Allen Robinson, there's Kenny Galladay. There's a couple of big names up there. I just got to be careful not to pay too much. Juju. I mean, so wide receiver is definitely number one. I think – Middle linebacker, if they can address that. I, I think the middle linebacker list is a little bit short for free agents. I don't know if there's anyone particularly it's, – it's a hot ticket item because usually when you hit free agency, it's because your team – prior team doesn't want you or just money dispute. So – and I think the, the final position is kind of tough, man. I, I don't know what to do with the, with the offensive line because I think they played – they played better than they were supposed to play but I still think you need to figure out how to lock down that left tackle position with with whatever you can I, I don't know who's available we're hearing rumblings about Trent we're hearing rumblings about uh, Brown out of uh, Baltimore so I think to me wide receiver linebacker and, and and left tackle I guess you could throw right guard in there because you don't know what sheriff's going to do either so those offensive line wide receiver and linebacker we'll leave it at that now, here's something we're going to have to argue about on the Redskins Addicts podcast. You didn't say quarterback, and you hurt my heart right now, man. <laughs> well, okay, you're you're right. No, you're absolutely right. You know, you know it's, so, it was, it's so obvious. It was right in front of me. When we talked about this on the Redskins podcast a while ago, quarterback was my number one uh, was my number one option. So, yeah, let me scratch that. Quarterback, <laughs> wide receiver, linebacker. There you go. All right. All right. Forget about the offensive line, because I think they're still serviceable for the time being. Yeah, the, uh, the concern with all three of those is that, number one, None of those positions, except for wide receiver, are positions where guys who are really good and in their prime tend to hit the market. So you generally are looking at, you know, B to C level guys there. That that scares me. And there are also positions where when guys come out in the draft, those positions take a year or two before you really start to see the results. Even the Tampa Bay linebackers. I mean, shoot, um, they had really highly touted linebackers coming out of college, and it took them a little while for them to really reach their full potential. So um, that also is kind of in contention with we have this window we want to execute and we want to win now. So I think we really do have to hit it big there in free agency. And your point about not spending too much, I think we're going to have to because we have to land guys to play right now.
Um, last thing, man, you mentioned the offensive line. Where are you at with Sadiq Charles? Do you think he's a real option at left tackle for us next year or what? Hard to say, bro. Like he played, he got hurt on the first series. I think it was the third play. Was it the third play? I think he got injured on his his exact third play after being gone for the whole year. So he's got the frame. He's got the build. He had all the hype coming out of LSU. So I think there's potential there, but I think it all depends on how his recovery is from his um his knee injury. Uh, I can't remember exactly what the injury was, but I, I think he could he could do it. He had the measurables coming out. That's what that's why they liked him. That's why they picked him. Uh, but um, you know, in the interim, I think that uh, the guys did pretty good filling in for the for the left tackle. I know we had a couple guys rotate through there, having a brain fart right now. Who it was? But Cornelius Lucas. Yeah, Cornelius Lucas. Hey, that was your boy from preseason. Remember yep. we talked about that. Yeah, Show sure did. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it is hard to trust a guy like uh, Sadiq. Number one, he fell in the draft for a reason, um, and then he got hurt. And you, so I hate when rookies get hurt yes. because now you have to spend year two as essentially what is their rookie year, and that is a long road to go, man. Yes, we saw that with Doxon. We get a hint of it with AGG. It's so frustrating. It's a yeah. year lost. Yep, exactly. And uh, you know the contract doesn't get any shorter just because you got hurt. So now you've also lost a year of what you can see they can do before you have to sign them to a deal too. So yep. especially if it's not a first rounder, I mean you don't have that fifth year option. You got three years after that for, lost first year, and that's it. Exactly right. All right, Steve, man, I appreciate you hopping on. They can yeah, catch bro. you at the Redskins Attic Podcast, where you can also find me, Steve. Where can they find you on Twitter, man? They can find me at Steve Lim underscore DC. All right, there it is. And also, um, Steve's in the group, the Redskins Attic Facebook group too, man. Make sure you guys pop in on that. Asked to be added. We'll add you. We're not. We're not mean guys over there. No, are we, no, no, no. We just keeps it real. We like some educa- educational banter. None of this, uh, you know, touchy feely good stuff. We just talk <laughs> football. We keep it real. We love. We love good arguments. So come on and give us a join and a follow. All right, my guy. Always love talking to Steve, man. Such a good dude. Uh, who's been a fan of this team for so long and knows so much about the team and the organization. Now we're going to switch gears. We're going to go ahead and uh, kick it with Matthew Paris from the Washington Times. So it was an interesting season um, where I think before the season, Ron had said that he wanted to see how Kyle uh, Smith did with the draft and then maybe he'd get promoted to a GM or something along those lines. Do you have an idea as to why it didn't work out between the two? Um, you know, I, I really don't. It, it, that's kind of the, the great mystery of the season because you know, you look at the way they talked to each other about each other after the draft, it was, you know, everything went so smooth. We got along great. You know, I just remember this distinct, uh, like kind of back and forth they had in between after a press, like during a press conference, uh, this reporter asked Ron about Kyle, Kyle responded, Ron responded and like Kyle responded again. It was just like this back and forth and they were just complimenting each other so much. And then once the season rolled around, it just, that praise from Rivera, and he's a big praise guy, it just started to trickle, uh, to fade out rather. And, uh, you know, now obviously the structure is what it is. But uh, at the same time, I don't think there's any uh, animosity there. I just think for whatever reason, it didn't really work out. But I think Ron Rivera just wanted his own people at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, as fans, we're all okay with that, you know, as long as the decisions seem to be going in the right direction. And they do, for by and large. 
we saw today the Heineke uh, contract come out. Um, just from your perspective, that that's a backup quarterback contract. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, know, you look at what starting quarterbacks go for around the league, and it's you know the starting rate is normally twenty million, twenty four. It you know that that's definitely a great price for a backup, and if he somehow wins the job or whatever they end up doing there. You know, I think they'll be pleasantly surprised, but that that's a good number to have as a backup, especially because Kyle Allen, another backup potential, um, he'll be super cheap. You know, I think his salary is only going to be 158k. So, uh, you know, to put to bring back kind of in, in the low few millions is great for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of contracts. You know, when we get a, a coach in Washington, we're all, as fans, we're always like, you know, is it five years? Is it four years? Is it six years? Ron's contract information never came out publicly. Do you know what that is or why that is? And as a, as a, a person on the inside, do you yeah. have any idea as to what the contract length and terms are? Well, I was looking it up, and, and I believe Rappaport reported that it was five years. Um, I don't have the money amount, of, you know, coach or, coaches' contracts in terms of, like, monetary value is closely guarded. But I, I believe it's a five-year deal. I mean, I, you know, you can double-check that. But I think that that's what it is. And that, that's a pretty standard rate. It's long enough to give him the, the rope to implement, you know, that culture he so much talked about. But it's also kind of, all right, you need to prove something here. So, you know, I, I believe it's five years. But you know, that that's just based on some research. Okay. Um, now we're starting to get into that time of year where free agency is kind of the buzz that's going around. How aggressive do you think will be this year in free agency? Yeah, you know, it, it really decided, depends on what they want to do at quarterback. You know, if they bring in someone via the trade market and spend big there, maybe they don't spend as much as um, – in much in free agency, they would love to have Brandon Sheriff back. Now, to do so, you're probably going to have to make him the highest paid guard in the NFL. And so that chips away at the cap space, but they have plenty of it. And that's really what, um, you know, is a kind of exciting about this offseason if you are a Washington fan, because they recognize their window to compete is starting now. And so, you know, I, I do believe that they'll go after it, but to you know to to a point because there's only so much money and they've shown in the past that they are willing to be disciplined if they don't get their guy like Amari Cooper last year they missed out on him they didn't go spending big at receiver but I, I do believe the urgency is heightened a little bit because of you know they're coming off a playoff season and they have this window to kind of compete is there a scenario where the football team doesn't pursue a quarterback and just adds pieces elsewhere um, you know, it, it really kind of depends what happens with Alex Smith. I still think they'll try and add somebody, who, even if Smith returns, but it, it kind of just depends what he wants to do. They still haven't said whether he's even informed them of a decision one way or another, but, I, you know, I, they realize that quarterback position is so key and you look at the, their action so far, they chase Matt Stafford, they've you know, are reportedly interested in uh, Sam Darnold. You know, they're just kind of exploring all their options out there. And uh, I just, at the end of the day, I, I don't, it would be hard to see them not making a move there, especially since there's no guarantee Smith would return. Yeah. And speaking of Smith, we kind of were all captivated by his comeback season. And it was really a good story. Um, 
you know, even if more so off the field, you know, just what he fought through to come back from person covering the team. What was that like? Yeah, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was cool to see everyone on the beat kind of had their Alex Smith story, right? And it, it was just kind of, how are you going to tell this? What's a cool way to tell it? And it was just, it was fun to to kind of brainstorm ways to do so and in different means. Like one week I ranked the, the best sport, like sports comebacks of all time. And then another, I like talked to a bunch of movie screenwriters about the movie potential of Alex Smith's story. But, you know, the twists and turns, I think the most fun part for us is that he played really well. There was just like a lot to talk about in terms of his on-field performance and the way he was um, impacting other guys. So yeah, it was a blast to cover. And, uh, you know, I've been here a few years now and it's definitely at the top of the list of of fun things to cover. Absolutely. Um, Watching the team this year, one of the big things that stood out to me was there's just no explosion in the return game, you know, for our special teams units. Do you think that that's something that they're going to try to address this offseason? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I don't know how that would happen. I don't know necessarily if they're going out there and saying, all right, we're going to spend on a, a punt return or, or try and draft someone. But maybe even even an undrafted guy, because, you know, you look at Stephen Sims and he was undrafted. These guys kind of always pop up. But I think they do recognize that Stephen Sims is the punt returner last year, kind of by default. And I think the words even at some point were, he's our best option because we don't have anyone else. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I definitely expect a competition for that spot in camp, but um, yeah, you know, I would think they would at least try to address it. Even if it's an undrafted guy saying, all right, this guy returned in college, let's bring him in on to try out that sort of thing. Kind of like what is they were right was last year. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, Gandy golden, I think for a lot of fans was probably the one big disappointment from the draft last year because there was really no second receiver for most of the season. Um, Do you think he's on thin ice or does he get more time to win over the coaching staff? Yeah, I don't think he's on thin ice just because you look at his training camp and he got hurt, had a hamstring injury. And when rookies get hurt in training camp, you know, that really sets them back just because of how much he had to learn. And he had talked about in training camp of just how much of an adjustment it was because at Liberty where he went to school, they were using like the way that they called plays was hand signals. They weren't really used to the verbiage uh, of the NFL. It was just a different system. And so he was still adapting to that. And so by the time he got healthy and kind of got up to speed, the the receiver rotation had kind of sorted itself out. You know, there was a little bit room for him to do something, but Cam Sims really filled that number two spot. But I think Cam Sims is a great example with when you compare it to Gandy Golden, because look at the way Cam Sims grew, grew over a couple seasons. I don't think you would have said ever after Sims's first season that he'd be a number two receiver. So, you know, there, there is still time uh, to grow. They still really like his physical attributes. And, you know, you would hope he would make that jump in year two. Yeah. Okay. And one of the most galvanizing players that we have is Bryce Love. And all the fans want to see him play because we know what happened at Stanford but every year, it's he's not on the, he's not getting on the field. Um, how much rope does he have left in terms of trying to make an impact? Yeah, you know, I it's I, I it'd be hard to see. I mean, I, I don't think there's much rope left there. Just because it, the big thing for Rivera is when you're injured, when you're making an, a comeback attempt, it's not just so much how you feel on that day; it's how you feel the next day. And we've seen with Bryce Love is when he returns 
to the practice field, he'll practice a day, but then he'll have to sit out for soreness. And that knee, he just never was able to get it right last year. And, you know, they already have a pretty good running back rotation with Antonio Gandhi or Antonio Gibson, excuse me, Antonio Gibson. And it's just, it's hard to imagine him finding his form, but, you know, I think he'll get the camp, he'll get a training camp to prove himself, but boy, he better prove himself if he wants to make the roster next year, because I don't think it's guaranteed for sure. Oh yeah. He's, he's becoming one of those, uh, legends you know in Redskins history yeah. and football team history a la uh Colt Brennan and you know guys like that well what he reminds me of is who is that running back on the 49ers a few years ago Latimer I think it's yes. the Carolina yeah he had tore his ACL in college and was so talented it really reminds me of that yes what was his name uh Kenny Lattimore or, or something like uh, Marcus, Lat- Marcus Lattimore, yeah. yeah, he was, I was a fan of, uh, I think he played when Spurrier was with the Gamecocks and I was a huge fan of Spurrier um, for some reason. I don't know why, but I watched him play a lot. And I thought that guy Lattimore was going to come in and change the running back position in the NFL. He just never got healthy. So, right. Absolutely. Okay. So speaking about changing things and last off season, we got Ron Rivera and then we got, the news about the scandals within the organization, which were kind of ugly and, you know, it was, it was hard to talk about, but it seemed like Ron was an extremely steadying force within the organization, especially in the DC area. Um, do you have a sense for how much Ron has really changed the appeal of the Redskins or the football team franchise, excuse me, um, globally or nationally? Yeah. You know, I think it just, he, he's added that stability that it was so much needed. I mean, with how much they went through, you know, Ron Rivera was a guy who was obviously respected before coming to Washington. He carried that gravitas and for him to implement some sort of stability here, it, it, it did a wonders for kind of around the league. And, you know, I don't necessarily know of how much it, it changed in terms of perceptions, but I do think that, you know, you would look at these polls or Bruce Allen would be the, the least trusted NFL executive, that sort of thing. I think he's, I think, you know, there's more reason to trust this front office. Um, I think it helps with that perception, but it's also just, you know, if things start to, to go off the rails, is there going to be that guy who, who can kind of bring it back together? And Ron Rivera, he proved that. So, you know, I do think it, it the, the perception is a lot better than it used to be. And I think it, you know, Rivera deserves obviously a lot of credit for that. Yeah, and, and with Rivera, and uh, you had mentioned some of the hires that he made in the front office to replace Kyle Smith. Do you have any level of concern just in terms of like accountability amongst each other when things don't go right about, you know, who's going to be the one to hold everybody accountable in the front office and help, you know, move us along there? Um, yeah, you know, there, there's a little bit of concern because you look at all the Carolina guys that he brought in and, you know, they, they did all get fired from Carolina for a reason, but in terms of accountability, uh, you know, Rivera is a big accountability guy. So I don't think necessarily it's that to worry about. It's just, is there going to be that enough disagreement or is, is someone going to be able to, to stand up to, not to that, not that you need to stand up to Rivera, but how will they handle that disagreement? Well, are they, are Mayhew and Herney yes men? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically right. in other words, but um, you know, they insist that they're not, and Martin Herney, uh, Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew are both pretty uh, respected executives around the league. So, you know, I think there is some optimism there. 
Good, good, good. Um, do you have a best guess for who our quarterback is on opening day this season? Uh, you know, I'll go with QBX. <laughs> so, <laughs> guy not on the roster. I, you know, I, I don't think – I mean, maybe it's Alex Smith. It sounds like he kind of wants to play, but I don't know. It's just the, the cap number two for Smith makes it kind of hard. I mean, he's $24.4 million, but with the, uh, the health concerns there, I mean, maybe if they can negotiate that rate down, but I, I haven't had any, like, you know, there's no sign that they've started negotiations or anything like that. So, you know, I just – they recognize that this window, that their defense is so good that they kind of need to bring someone in. And so I think whoever they bring in, it, it's going to be that person starting. But, you know, you're, pick your guess. It's probably as good as mine. <laughs> All right. And uh, last one for you. Do you know if Jack Del Rio has head coaching interest still at this point? Is he pretty comfortable with the D coordinator position? I mean, I'm sure he would like to get back there someday. You know, you let, he's led teams before. It, he definitely prides himself on being a leadership guy. You know, I think every coach kind of has that head coaching ambition. But if it doesn't come, then, you know, I think he's perfectly happy in Washington. But, you know, I think he would like to get back there eventually. But it just it depends on whether this defense can keep being good enough because if this defense continues to play out, I, I'm sure he'll start to get looks again. I mean, he, Jacksonville and Oakland, he was pretty successful for at least a period of time before things went south. So, you know, he's a respected coach as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, we like Jack now because we finally have an aggressive defense. It's something we've waiting for for a long time. So we'd hate to see him go. Right. Um Matt, I appreciate you taking a few minutes with me, man. Hey, yeah, no problem. Anytime. Yeah.